0: good morning good afternoon and good evening or whenever you may be listening welcome to episode 16 of the hang time with Halgie podcast i'm your host luke Calgerson. you know how we do it topic number one that i want to get to is the Big Ten just announced that they will be going to conference only this coming fall for their sports. All these conferences are going to go conference only. It's the only way for them to even possibly have seasons. It's the only way. They're going to do this for all sports. Football's obviously the biggest one, but this it's going to be huge. All these other schools are going to have to do it. And frankly, I don't know how they're going to be able to have fans. With the numbers, how they have been looking through the coronavirus pandemic, I don't know how they're going to be able to have fans. But with no students in the crowd, I don't know what it's going to look like. These kids pay all this tuition, and now they can't go to football games? How's that work? It, it, this, is, this is big, though, and especially for Notre Dame. What conference are they going to be in? I'm guessing they're going to have to play in the ACC because that's what they do for all these other sports. So I think that's what they're going to have to do, and I like their chances in the ACC. Going to the best team in that conference is Clemson. Everyone else is weak. North Carolina, not great. Florida State, not great. Virginia Tech, they've been nobodies. Like am I am I am I loss of the ACC is weak? You put Notre Dame there. Oh, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They're fighting for a playoff spot, and that Clemson game is going to be incredible. But all these schools, they're finally going to have to prove how great their conference is, I guess. The SEC might beat up on each other, depending on how those schedules look. Now Saban can't play Citadel before they go to LSU. That's what I'm a big fan of, that th- that's going to have to happen here. You can't get a cream puff before one of your big games. They, they got to actually go out and compete against their conference. Bama against LSU, then back to back with Georgia, then another one against Florida. It's going to be tough in the SEC. Don't sleep on Texas A&M. You know they might have got penalties against them, but they're going to be a solid team. It, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Big Ten. Those are going to be some good matchups. Those are going to be some good matchups. Let's see how well Ohio State does against the rest of the conference. They're going to have to play Wisconsin, Michigan State, Michigan. We'll see. It's going to be exciting. I think it makes college football a little more entertaining now. Because, yeah, the these games were fun when, you know, Wisconsin were to play, you know, Notre Dame, for instance. Not that that's a particular game. But, you know, just like USC against Alabama, it's like, eh. Is that really that interesting? No, I kind of like playing in their own conferences and just do that and then eventually go into a playoff. But that's a topic for another day. So uh, but I like this. I like them being in the conference, and it certainly is unprecedented times. That's why they're doing it. So we're doing unprecedented things. NBAs in a bubble, MLBs, we don't know what they're going to do, NFL, we don't know what they're going to do. NHL's going to be in a bubble. That's what you got to do you got to kind of put yourself in a bubble and kind of keep it regional, and that's what these schools are deciding to do. And I would say that's that's the best decision. That's the best decision moving forward in a time like this. Topic number two that I want to get to. A lot of people have been questioning if this upcoming NBA season, what they're going to finish, should have an asterisk next to the champion. And Shaq has said that it should have an asterisk by it. Charles Barkley said it should have an asterisk by it. People are saying it but not so much with the players and coaches. Players and coaches are not seeing it that way at all. And here's a quote from uh, probably going to be the MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he said, I've heard a lot of people say that there's uh, going to be like a star next to this championship. I feel like at the end of the day, this is going to be like the toughest championship you could ever win because the circumstances are really, really tough right now. So whoever wants it more is going to be able to go out there and take it. And he's right. No home court advantage. No home court advantage. There is no advantage going to play in a bubble. There's going to be no one in the crowd. It's your bench. It's your bench that's going to be cheering. The trash talk is going to be unbelievable. I hope we can manage to hear some of it because, with no fans, this is just straight up basketball. No one has the opportunity to get a run going because of the crowd or get a stop because of the crowd. No distractions on free throws. It's literally just going to be the players talking to each other. It's going to be absolutely spectacular. And frankly, I'd agree. I agree. I agree with Giannis. This is going to be one of the toughest championships ever. Just think about it. Limited time to come together and build chemistry with this little pre-training camp to then go right into eight games to then go into the playoffs. It's high stakes basketball from the jump for a lot of these teams. That Western Conference eight seed, up for grabs. A lot of teams are just three and a half games away. Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, all of them. All of them are right there. Memphis currently has that eight spot right now, but it's, these games matter. Right away, they matter for playoff seating, and then we go right into the playoffs after eight games. And basketball is going to be on so much. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Games are going to be from noon till 9 o'clock at night. It, it's inside. There, games are going to be all throughout the day. Let me tell you. Our time is going to be taken up a lot by NBA basketball. It's going to be very compelling. Must see. Must watch television. It's going to be great. And I agree. Toughest. It's the toughest championship yet. That should be the asterisk by it. There's not a lot of time to mesh, build chemistry. And if anyone goes down with the coronavirus, they could miss big time games. They could having to quarantine. It, you don't know what could happen. I would say though, if a lot, if the bubble does get contaminated and a decent number of guys get the coronavirus, they might they might call off the season. If I were a betting man, I would bet on them to finish the season, and we will see a championship get crowned in October. But it, it's up in the air right now. These cases are going up. I know they're going to isolate themselves and be in a bubble. I think Disney will do a good job of that. I'm here in Florida. I did. I took a test, tested negative. People can survive through all these numbers going off. You don't have to put yourself at risk to get the coronavirus. And that's exactly what's going to happen with these bubbles for sports. The NBA was smart to go to Disney. Yeah, it doesn't look great that all these cases are going up in Florida, but Disney is its own separate area. Not many people realize it. Oh, you assume Disney is right next to downtown Orlando, which is right by UCF. No, all this stuff is really far away here in this city. It's a 45 minute drive pretty much from downtown to Disney to get to one of the parks. It's that far away from where UCF is Hour, and UCF is already 30 minutes from downtown. Things are spaced out here in Orlando. They can definitely separate themselves over in that bubble. I'm not worried about their health. I'm not worried about it. That's why I think we'll finish a season. And it is definitely going to be the toughest one yet. It has to be. These circumstances are unparalleled. Playing in front of no fans. It's just them. And that's it. It's just the two teams going up against each other. Who wants it more? Who Who can get it done? I'll tell you my pick right now. We don't even need to break it down. We will break it down once we get a little closer, but I will give you my pick, Lakers. LBJ's getting number four. That's what's going to happen. And that's why it's the toughest. Just add to the legacy of LeBron James. Let's go. Let's get this season started. They're starting July 30th. Cannot wait. Opening night, Utah against the Pelicans. We get to see Zion right away. The Jazz are a fun team to watch with Mitchell. And then... The second game of the opening night of the restart, Clippers-Lakers. Just They knew what they were doing. The NBA is smart. We're, captur- we're capturing the eyeballs right away from the first night, having the Clippers play the Lakers to start this off. Oh, these guys just brilliant. The NBA really thought this through, and they did a great job. And I'm looking forward to it. Let's get this season going. July, it's going to be a good month. We're turning it around. We're turning this pandemic around. You know, major setback for a major comeback. We got this, people. Have faith. 2020 will get better. Third topic I want to get to is top five sleepers coming for the MLB. And um, MLB, it's starting up too. first games, July 23rd, July 24th. You know, teams are already reporting. They're practicing at their home stadiums. I've been watching a lot of Cubs footage of them taking batting practice, having little scrimmages between themselves. It's it, Baseball's back. Baseball is back. They're playing at their home stadium. Schedules have been announced. 60-game season, extended playoffs. Let's get this puppy going. But the five teams, we'll start team number one, my beloved Chicago Cubs. And this is why they're a sleeper. First of all, They're the favorites to win the division. I don't care about the Cardinals. I don't care about the Brewers. The Cubs should win the division. I think they have a better roster than they have the best roster. Uh, Top to bottom, Cubs have the best roster of all the teams in that division. They get a beat up on the Pirates. Yeah, Reds are going to be good. Brewers are going to be solid. Cardinals are going to be solid as well. It's not going to be an easy division to win, but I just love this lineup so much. The core of just Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Hayward, Almora, Contreras the Cubs just have guys all over the place everywhere you look they got hitters I like Bodie it's gonna be a solid team I like Hap and I also like this starting rotation too Hendricks as the one maybe even Darvish as the one I think Lester will have a bounce back here I think going right into it pitching might have a little bit of an advantage guys are going to be rusty so you're going to need your best hitters out there and I think the Cubs have a great lineup to do it especially now with the designated hitter Schwarber can be all-time DH Cubs can do a lot of different things new manager coming in in David Ross the catcher who was part of that championship run in 2016 really like where the Cubs are headed and no this isn't just because they're my favorite team they are going to be solid this year and look out Look out, they could make a deep playoff run. Don't sleep on it, people. Second team that that I think is a sleeper is the crosstown rival of the Cubs, the Chicago White Sox. They they already are a young and -and up-and-coming team. they got a great farm system. And if you look at this lineup, a lot of really solid players, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, uh, the young guy, Yon Mikada. they got hitters everywhere. Sanchez, they got my boy Jimenez from the Cubs in that Quintana deal, and that's what I didn't mention about the Cubs. Quintana will be, um, he'll be out because he cut himself doing the dishes. Unbelievable, but this White Sox team is going to be real solid. They play in a weak division. They get a beat up on the uh, Royals and Tigers, so there's a lot of free wins for them. You know, I still think the Twins are the favorite, and. You know, Indians shouldn't be slept on either, but I think the White Sox are a real surprise team that people are, huh, they're actually good? They added some real nice veterans. Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, Edwin Encarnacion, Grandal. They got guys all over the place. They got young prospects coming up. You got to watch out. You got to watch out. Luis Robert, the... I really like the White Sox. Their roster, you know, and I'm not trying to give them too much credit because I know it's supposed to be a rivalry, but I think they're a must-watch team. Don't sleep on them White Sox. Third team that I think could be a sleeper this season has got to be the team with the best player, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball and already one of the greatest players of all time. Statistics speak for themselves, but hasn't had a lot of success. But in a short season like this, I think they could be really dangerous. You know, they added a key piece to the national championship run last year in Rendon. He's definitely a top three third baseman in the league. Uh, they already got Trout. Uh, Otani, I think, is a sleeper just to win MVP. With pitching and hitting, he could have a huge impact in this short of a season. Watch out for Otani to make big noise. But. You know, pool holes, maybe a little swan song for pool holes. They got Justin Upton too. Tommy Lastella, you know, I, I like this lineup. I like this lineup. It really just comes down to pitching for these guys. It really just comes down to that. You know, David Fletcher's a good third baseman too. I like this Angels lineup. I think Trout can make them real dangerous if he gets off to a quick start. It Watch out for them Angels. They could be Trout. And again they're not in that great of a division. Uh, the Mariners aren't that good. Maybe I'm sleeping on the A's a little too much. Maybe I'm sleeping on the Rangers as well. You know, Astros, let's not forget those cheaters, okay? We'll rub it in their face again in due time, but this isn't about them. I think the Angels have a, a real shot for a wild card spot. A little tough division with the Angels, uh, with the Athletics and the Astros, but I, I could see them getting a wild card spot. I really can't fourth team and the reason I think they're going to be good is because I saw these prospects coming up the Toronto Blue Jays Vlad Guerrero Jr. I think is another guy who could be a sleeper for MVP candidate just like Otani you know young big guy already led the team in batting average led them in on base percentage last season I think Bo Bichette's a really nice player Kevin Biggio's is really nice as well you know, I got to see these guys live and in person in minor league baseball when I worked for the Dunedin Blue Jays, and they were incredible. You know, they, they signed Hijin uh, Ru from the uh, Dodgers, so that's a nice pickup. They got a top prospect, Nate Pearson, uh, who's going to arrive in the majors as well. They got Tanner Rourke, Chase Anderson. You know, again, they play the Orioles. The Red Sox are going to have a down year, I think, losing bets. You know Tampa Bay, I think, is going to be pretty good in the Yankees, but don't sleep on this team. They just got a lot of young guys, up and coming guys, some solid veterans. They could make something happen. They really could. And then the fifth team, final team, the Colorado Rockies. And have you noticing a trend here that they're in the these a lot of these teams are in weaker divisions, and getting to play the Padres and the Giants and the Diamondbacks a lot. That'll help you have a decent record. And they got the best third baseman in the league, Nolan Arenado. I know, I, I hate to say it that he's better than Chris Bryant, but he is, you know, he led, he led the Rockies in every statistical category. Batting average 315, home runs 41, 118 RBIs, on-base percentage of 379, 185 hits. The guys are going to get on base. And they just have a nice lineup. Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, Daniel Murphy, you know, I like where this lineup is, and they play in a hitter's ballpark out there in Denver, gonna hit a lot of home runs, you know, it's just they have a potent lineup, they can really make a lot of things happen in such a short amount of time, it's only 60 games, extended playoffs, they could definitely have, find themselves in a wild card spot, I think the Dodgers, still the favorite in that division, but they have a lot of winnable games lot of winnable games against the Giants, Padres, Diamondbacks. They have a chance to make some noise. So to run them down, Cubs, White Sox, Angels, Blue Jays, Rockies. Those are the sleepers. Don't miss out. Baseball, July 23rd, July 24th. Let's get this puppy rolling. Can't wait. Sports coming back, July. I'm telling you, major comeback. Major comeback for us in 2020. It's going to turn out to be an okay year. It's going to be okay, people. We're going to make it through. But the fourth topic I want to get to, Tiger Woods coming back. Let's get it, people. Yes, sir. The goat of golf himself, Tiger Woods, is coming back. And he sent out in a tweet, I'm looking forward to playing the Memorial Golf Tournament next week. I've missed going out and competing with the guys and can't wait to get back out there. Just fantastic! 44 years old, hasn't competed in an event, um, at least on the PGA circuit, um, since February. 16th, to be exact, at the Guinness Invitational. And uh, just right before the pandemic, and he kind of shut it down. But uh, he's coming back, people. The goat of golf. And yes, he, in my opinion, he's the golf. 82 official PGA wins, you know. It's time for tied for with Sam Snead, for most all time, second most in fa- majors with 15, just behind Nicholson's 18. He set the all-time PGA record for most consecutive cuts made with 142. You know Tiger the Goat, Tiger the Goat. He but last just last Masters, the Goat Goat Woods, Goat Woods. So he's coming back to play the Memorial, and. You know, he draw, he'll draw he draw crowds. Wait till you see these ratings for golf when it's Tiger and no fans. Oh boy. The numbers are going to be off the charts. First of all, all you got to look is the match. The little Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning little event. It was the most watched cable golf event of all time. It's over 6 million viewers. Just to watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play golf with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. You kidding me? That's the most watched cable golf event of all time? That? I understand they are legends, but wow. That just shows how powerful Tiger Woods is as a draw when it comes to golf. Yes, those other guys are great, but everyone knows Brady and Manning are pedestrian at golf. Yeah, Mickelson and Woods are legends, but it's just them... Playing against each other. You do that with the boys on a nice weekend. Crack open some beers. Let's play 18. That you know? But just because it's Tiger Woods, that's where the draw is. That's where it is with golf. I remember working at the golf channel here in Orlando. Part of NBC Golf. They knew if it was a Tiger weekend why the ratings were up, it was because of Woods. Woods is the biggest draw in golf, and he's coming back. It's gonna be very exciting. Let's get it, people. Sports, sports are back. Sports are back. Finally, something to take our mind off this hectic world that we're living in for five minutes because it's just the constant news update. We just need some, you know, something uplifting. And what better thing uplifting than sports? Fifth topic that I want to get to is a couple signings have happened. Of recent, I talked about J.R. Smith in the last one. I think that's a nice pickup for the Lakers. But the big signing has got to be Jamal Crawford getting picked up by the Brooklyn Nets. I think it's a real solid pickup. Frankly, this guy should have been in the league. I know he's 40 years old, but he is a walking bucket. If you just want to enjoy some basketball highlights for a decent amount of time, go look up Jamal Crawford because the guy has unbelievable handles. He's an unbelievable shooter, and He's the only player in NBA history to score 50 points with four different franchises. The guy's a beast. He can certainly get it done. Certainly still get it done. And the Nets also picked up Michael Beasley. Some solid pickups right there for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, are the Nets going to make a playoff run? Absolutely not. But they make themselves a little more entertaining. That's what the NBA needs right now. It's all about entertainment. The Nets had nobody. It was Lavert, and that's it. DeAndre Jordan not playing. Dinwiddie got the coronavirus as well with Jordan. Just Durant's not playing. Kyrie's out. All these guys are out, missing time. The Nets had to do something. They make themselves a little more relevant, and I like the pickup. You know, I think both of these guys should have been in the league. I think another guy who should be in the league right now is Isaiah Thomas, but Yeah, Crawford deserved to be in the league He's a beast And Beasley, I think he deserves To be in the league too But I did I don't know if it's fake or true But I did see a report That Michael Beasley will not be able to play Until game number 6 As he serves as suspension For a failed drug test It's just like Beasley's just given a chance And then all of a sudden just throws it away I hope the report's not true But uh, we'll see I, I like the pickups by the Nets Like I said, not making a deep playoff run by any means, probably will be lucky to win a playoff game, but they at least add some excitement to what they're doing over there. Some other free agent signings that I'm a fan of. Yeah, like I said at the start, I like the J.R. Smith pickup with the Lakers. I think he'll fill in for Bradley, Uh, Avery Bradley nicely, but uh, you know, Joe Kim Noah to the Clippers, you know, he's kind of a annoyance out there on the court. Maybe he could do something on the defensive end. I like Corey Brewer on the Kings, uh, Anthony Tolliver, you know, with the Grizzlies, he was on, he was on the trailblazers and, you know, he's a solid player. Uh, Tyler Johnson, he's going to be playing with Brooklyn too. So Brooklyn, at least trying to add some depth, uh, Jermaine Grant is going to be with Washington. Uh, you know, those, those are kind of the biggest ones. Justin Anderson also with the Nets, uh, some of these are not bad. Luke and Bahamute with the Rockets. That's kind of a nice little pickup for them as well. So uh, some, some decent pickups so far. You know, still think there should be some, you know, Isaiah Thomas is a guy who should be signed and should be playing. You know, someone should give him a contract. He can still give you 10 points off the bench. You give him 12, 15 minutes, he's giving you 10 points easily. You live with the, you live with the defense. You live with the defense if he's giving you that kind of production on offense in those kind of limited minutes. He should be in the league. He should be given an opportunity. But let's go. Uh, Orlando teams can have 17 total players. Um, Let's get it. Let's get it. Basketball. We playing basketball. It's coming back, y'all. We playing basketball at Disney. And to speak of on that Disney stuff, while we're still on the topic, they got to feed these players. I know I just talked about it on the Instagram page real quick, but my goodness, like they're eating salads. They're, not eat, they're eating bird food. They're, they're, they're not eating anything. I need to eat all the time. I couldn't imagine what it's like for these NBA players. There's a reason they have their own chefs. So they can always eat. So they're always full because they work out so much and do so much to their body. They have to eat to keep the calories they got. It. And they're eating nothing. You got to feed these players. And I did see something nice that they are going to do. They're going to let them go to Disney World. They're going to have after hours they can go. They're going to set something up to where players will be able to ride certain attractions. Uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. Good for them. They need something to do because whoo. To be stuck in that hotel all day, every day for the next four months, oh, it'd be hell. Oh, it would be absolute hell. You know, it'd be nice maybe for the first couple days. Oh, it's a nice, you know, hotel. You know, and get a nice view at Disney. After about a week or two, God, it's going to start turning into the shining in there. You know, you're going to see those twins, those two little children twins walking around, come play with us forever and ever. And, you know, guys are... It, You know, I'm not going to say axe murderer on it, but you never know what could happen in the bubble. (laughs) We need the documentary. Give me a documentary of this bubble. Someone better be recording something at all times. I know Terrence Ross is doing a good job of showing off what's going on over there. I'd recommend giving his Instagram page a follow because he's posting a lot. He's posting a lot of what they're doing and the kind of meals they're getting. It's just pathetic. It's just pathetic. It's like it's what you would get as an appetizer. They're giving you some salad, fruit, and a bag of chips, May, a piece of bread. Ah, oh, that's not going to cut it. I get that as an appetizer there at the Texas Roadhouse alone. You get bread and rolls. That's the meal. That's all they're getting. And when I go to Texas Roadhouse, I get unlimited. You got to feed these players. You just got to feed them. They're grown ass men. LeBron can't survive off a salad. Anthony Davis can't survive off salad. James Harden can't survive off salad. You know, I guess if these guys are trying to be vegan, if that's part of the what the NBA is trying to do, I would certainly hope not. But good Lord, you got to feed these boys. They need to eat. They're about to play high stakes basketball. It's about to get real, real quick. You know, and whew, it's, it's just pitiful. I hope it's not like this. I, I really don't. I, I read an article today that said they will have access to a chef at all times, and that's how it should be, but I hope you got a lot of chefs, because you're going to get a lot of complaints if that's all you're feeding these guys is salad and fruit, it, it ain't going to get the job done, it, uh, thinking about it now, I'm getting hungry, thinking about it now, I want to eat some food, because uh, it's like what I ate at college, you know, you go to the buffet, you get that free, you get that free everything. Is it the best? No, but at least I could have a salad every time, but I, at least I could get some actually good protein. All oh, right, Jason Tatum posted something. I think it was Tatum. Oh, the chicken that looked terrible. It looked baked. I got to tell you, baked is the worst kind of chicken. But They got they got to help out these players. NBA's paying Disney 150 million. They got to Disney's got to step their game up when it comes to this. they got to step their game up because all eyes are going to be on the bubble. All eyes are going to be paying attention to it. And let's get it going. NBA is back. Teams are reporting. Let's go. I'm fired up. And now for my unpopular opinion of episode 16. And uh, I kind of want to go off what I talked about earlier in the episode and talk about college football. Because my unpopular opinion is we need to get rid of these stupid, pointless, know-nothing bowl games. Like this Beef O'Brady Bowl, the Little Caesars Bowl. I'm sorry. We need to get rid of it. Those have to go. They've got to go. I think they're dumb. I'm not a fan of them. And I will say this, it it, it is how I noticed my school, Bowling Green State, when they played in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl against the Idaho Vandals. And they lost, but it was one of the best football games I've ever seen. It was high scoring, and it put Bowling Green on the map for me for a kid from Idaho to go to a school in Ohio. But I think the bowl games are dumb. I'm tired of watching these empty stadiums with these pointless football games. I don't want to see a 7-5 Boston College go up against... Uh, eight uh i don't know seven and five texas a&m or whoever these ungodly awful teams were in the regular season it needs to end and here's how they can make it better they're already going to conference only i'm a fan of doing this moving forward they play within their conference and then they figure out who the best teams are we expand the playoff to i would say If we're going to get rid of that many bowl games, I would say eight-team playoff at minimum. They need to make it eight teams, and we send teams from each specific conference. Everyone gets representation, and that's how they do it. That's how we decide college football. Enough of these nonsense, nothing games that don't matter. I get, you know, we're trying to generate revenue for these smaller schools that don't get that much media attention, but... Who's really watching those games? I got to tell you, I'm not paying attention to a 6-6 six six USF team going up against some mediocre Pac-12 team. I'm just not a fan of that game. Like the Hawaii Bowl, it just, uh, let's put a stop to it. Let's make postseason football matter in college. Let's make it matter. Extend that playoff. If they even want to go to 10, I think 10 is the best. You, figure out who the two best teams are so we still keep the committee i want to keep this vote i want to keep it open i want it to work like that i think we could even go back to the bcs system and figure out who these top eight top 10 teams are and make postseason football actually matter i don't care this big build up where we get three weeks off until we're into the first playoff game i think it's even longer than that like conference championship the first week of december And then we're not getting playoff games till New Year's Day, second of New Year's, even the third. And then the national championship's not decided for another week after that. And that's just four teams. Let's actually give them a week off and then play meaningful meaningful postseason college football right away. Let's just take it to all-time in-conference Figure out who the best team in your conference is, and you send them to the playoff. That way, a Pac-12 team can make it and maybe prove that they matter in the big spotlight. A team like Oregon, maybe USC can turn it around. Make something happen for the Utes. Give the Pac-12 representation. Give these other conferences representation. It's not just the SEC out there. You know, Big 12 will get a chance to be in the playoff. Uh, Maybe another team from the Big Ten can prove something. The ACC, we can give all these Power Five representation, and we can give the little guys representation too. The media money that could go to that, where if a team is doing that well in their conference, like maybe a UCF, maybe a Boise State, they can prove that they're that great in their conference, be undefeated, and be chosen to go to the playoff. I think that would be a way better way of deciding it than playing these meaningless games and only having four teams. It's not not enough, and it's an unnecessary amount. It's an unnecessary amount of awful games compared to the games that actually matter. We can utilize all of these stadiums that they use for the big games, the Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. We can do all of that. And it could be bigger for these cities. Uh, you can expand to places. You can play down in Miami, at the new Vegas Stadium, at the new stadium in LA, Cowboy Stadium. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for this to be big if they just expanded more teams, strictly keep it in conference, prove who the best team is in your conference, and get invited to the playoff. I think it at least needs to be eight teams. It, it has to be. And if we're getting rid of bowl games... I'm okay with extending it out all the way till 12 teams. I'm okay with that if we're willing to invite two teams from conferences. That's okay. I'm okay if an Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, maybe a Wisconsin, and then you fill it out from there. I'm okay with two teams getting repre- two conferences getting representation with two teams. I'm okay with it. I actually prefer it so we make sure it's all competitive and we really decide who the winner is. And I know people will like to say, oh, well, only the top six teams really have a chance of winning. Eh, you never know. Any given Saturday, any given Saturday, you never know what could happen. Uh, whatever they got to do, get rid of these pointless games that don't matter they mean nothing. The stadiums are completely empty. It's literally just their family. They're watching them. You know, it gives the school money, but if we give them proper representation, we can distribute the wealth even more. Uh, I, you know, college basketball has the right idea. Add as many teams as possible to figure this out. You know, football's a little tougher because it's a little more physical, but you can take down, you play 13 regular season games for a chance to go to the postseason. A few rounds, you win four games, you win a national championship. That's that's 18 games. That Correction, I can't do math. 17 games. I don't see the problem with that. I understand they're, you know, teenagers. They're only in college. But it can be done. It can be done. We can even take it down to 12-game regular seasons and then, you know, win four for 16. Just please... Get rid of these pointless bowl games. Let's add meaningful football to college football. I'm tired of this four teams. It's not enough. It's not enough. I would love for someone to tell me that it's more than enough football for them because I don't think it is because I don't care for these meaningless, know-nothing games. Maybe if you're just a college football connoisseur and you just love it so much to where you're watching those awful games, God bless your soul. But I, I can't take watching these mediocre schools that just aren't good and we got to put up with watching them because there's nothing else on give me meaningful you give them a week off and then we go right into the playoff I I don't see what the problem is I think it would be better it would make college football more compelling you're giving more teams chances to be considered for a national championship other than just cutting it down to four I don't know why they're dragging their feet on this. It seems like a no-brainer why you wouldn't want more playoff games, more revenue, more ticket sales, you know, more eyeballs. Of course more people are going to pay attention, especially if you're able to put consistently top-rated programs up all the time. Your Ohio State's, your Notre Dame's, maybe even Michigan can get in every now and again. Just you got to think about USC. You got to think about these big brands and then sending those teams to the cha- into the playoff. It's a game changer for college football. I don't understand what, why they thought four was the best option right away. No, let's expand it out. It should have been eight to start with possible expansion from there. That makes the most sense. And that's the end of episode 16 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Stay tuned. More episodes are coming, I promise. Check out my social media pages. You know, interact with me. If you ever just want to talk sports, I'm here for you. Just reach out. I'm happy to talk about sports any time of day. Just reach out. I'm ready. And just remember, during this pandemic, wash your damn hands. All right. Until next time, I'm out. Peace.